Welcome to the Protoast Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 19th of November and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week, Steve Bannon got himself arrested, but not before he shilled an anti-China coin. It was revealed that a number of crypto's heavy hitters donated to a US senator before she changed her mind about controversial crypto tax rules. And Greg Wright's latest court case took a bizarre turn. But first... Last Friday, Bloomberg ran a piece about Steve Bannon's strange China-centric $27 billion initial coin offering. Cut to Monday and the FBI have arrested him. According to Bloomberg's article, Himalaya coin reached its enormous market value within two weeks after endorsements from former Donald Trump adviser Bannon and exiled Chinese billionaire Wengui Guo. Promo videos for Himalaya coin featured Guo smoking cigars, relaxing on a yacht and driving a sports car. The two went heavy on social media promotion and Bannon praised its monumental initial success in an interview that Guo shared online. Bannon also touted Himalaya coin's stablecoin, Himalaya dollar, as an alternative to China's yuan, while appealing to anti-Chinese Communist Party forces like the new federal state of China and the new Chinese. It's no surprise that Bannon has a lucrative business relationship with the only exchange on which traders can buy or sell Himalaya coin and its related stablecoin. The deal enables entities doing business with Guo's firm to buy products using the Himalaya dollar. So forget contempt of court, Bannon has levelled up and achieved contempt of Congress. He faces charges related to his snubbing of Congress in its investigation of the January 6th pro-Trump insurrection that briefly overthrew control of the Capitol. And so Monday morning, Bannon surrendered to FBI forces. Feds quickly escorted him into court to face charges. As a non-executive branch of government, Congress cannot directly enforce its subpoenas to testify before congressional committees, although it can, and in Bannon's case did, issue recommendations for indictments to the Justice Department for enforcement. Bannon claims that a lawyer instructed him not to answer questions until after judges rule on other cases related to the insurrection. Now, at a White House press conference, Trump endorsed a pharmaceutical deal with Kodiak. Just a quick reminder that Kodiak was actually the longest running sponsor of Trump's TV show, The Apprentice. Trump's endorsement did, however, briefly send Kodiak stock from $2.50 to $60 before ultimately collapsing 90% within the month. Back in October, Trump also endorsed a blank check company belonging to his old colleague from Florida, Digital World Acquisition Corp. The company's shares went from $10 to $175 before immediately tanking 65%, all within just two days. And in 2013, Trump even endorsed FHFA director Mark Calabria, who failed on a promise to help end the conservatorship of Fannie Mae. And now his former buddy Bannon has pumped a new crypto just days before his arrest. Right until his arrest, Bannon was actively extracting funds from Chinese netizens who clearly believed that he would, at the very least, not be in jail after they brought his cryptocurrency. Now he's likely unable to manage the development of the very token he promoted. A scathing Bloomberg investigation into the funneling of its proceeds managed to put Himalaya coin into the spotlight. Himalaya Exchange promotes Himalaya coin, claiming its coin is easy to buy, sell and spend with low transaction fees. 
but so is any cryptocurrency with centralized control. Himalaya dollar is one of its upcoming stable coins that can be exchanged with the US dollar, allegedly at a one-to-one -one rate. It's planning to issue Himalaya dollar in another private sale. Like any new coin or project in the crypto world, longtime followers of digital assets may wonder whether Himalaya coin is legit. Well, GTV Media Group, which Bannon and Guo formed in early 2020, paid $539 million in fines as a part of a settlement with the SEC in September. The SEC alleged that GTV Media Group had conducted an illegal sale of shares and digital securities known as G-Shares and G-Dollars. Himalaya Exchange officially launched in November and since then, CoinMarketCap has not listed Himalaya Dollar or Himalaya Coin due to its insufficient and unreliable tokenomics. It seems to be another addition to the growing list of Ponzi schemes promoted by the likes of Steven Seagal and Kim Kardashian. Next up, Galaxy Digital's Andreessen Horowitz and Bitcoin billionaire twins Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss are on a list of donors who threw money at a US senator before she changed her mind about a proposed crypto tax amendment. As detailed by journalist Roger Sollenberger, Arizona Democrat Senator Kristen Sinema received $180,000 from 50 crypto-related figures at a summer fundraising event. The event took place before August's vote on proposed changes to the Senate's infrastructure bill. These changes dealt specifically with the wording around tax reporting for crypto users. Originally, the bill described a broker as any person who, for consideration, is responsible for regularly providing any service effectuating transfers of digital assets on behalf of another person. However, this definition was too broad. Many feared that the rules could apply to other participants in the crypto sphere, including miners and developers. As a result, Sinema, fellow Democrat Mark Warner and Republican Rob Portman proposed amendments, but their suggestions have since been rejected by the crypto community. This is mainly because while miners were to be exempt, protocol devs and maintainers were still in the firing line. Their proposal was branded everything from terrible to a stunning loss for America. Deep thinker and venture capitalist Naval Ravikant and Coinbase director slash investment guru Fred Wilson were among Cinema's donors. Insiders at stablecoin issuers Paxos and Circle also gave funds to Cinema, as well as leading figures from funds like Multicoin Capital, Galaxy Digital, Initialized Capital, Coinflip and Ribbit Capital. They all donated up to $2,900. Cinema and others finally buckled under industry pressure and a press release issued after the fundraising event said, quote, We've worked with the Treasury Department to clarify the underlying text and ensure that those who are not acting as brokers will not be subject to the bill's reporting requirements. The Senate ended up rejecting the proposed amendments. Solenberger points out that there's no direct evidence that Sinema was influenced by the crypto companies, personalities or their donations, but the spreadsheet does suggest an increasing lobbyist pressure in the space. Indeed, ahead of the last US election, Almeida Research founder and crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried threw his hat into the political ring by giving more than $5 million to Joe Biden's campaign, his second largest contributor. What's striking about the donations is that almost $25,000 came from execs at a prolific crypto venture capital fund, A16Z. As Solenberger points out, no A16Z execs have ever donated to Cinema before. 
Not only that, the firm, which launched its own $2.2 billion crypto fund in July, was the one that labelled the amendment a stunning loss for America. Despite the amendment failing to pass the Senate, the crypto world is still hoping it can have its say. Note that provisions won't take effect until January the 1st, 2024. And finally, the ongoing court battle between Craig Wright and the estate of his late friend David Kleinman has taken a rather bizarre turn. Wright, the katana-wielding Aussie, made subtle online threats to one of the prosecution's expert witnesses while they were on the stand. The trial over more than $60 billion in disputed Bitcoin is now in its third week. Lawyers for the Kleinman estate were preparing to wrap up and hand over to the defence. Law 360 reported that as Wright's lawyer was disputing the testimony of Matthew Edmund, a digital forensic expert, Wright took to the messaging app Slack to make comments the plaintiff's attorney called a clear intimidation tactic. As detailed by Coindesk, the offending message said... Quote, you know you can sue experts who give misleading testimony. They shouldn't make statements of fraud where there is no evidence of intent, end quote. Edmund took the stand to give his opinion on whether an estimated 40 documents provided by Wright had been forged. He concluded that they were. Judge Bloom agreed with the Kleinman's lawyers, summing up in her stance on Wright's comments and his continued use of messaging apps. She said, quote, it's not this court's function to monitor your public or private activities, but to the extent that it does have a chilling effect on witnesses and its direct or indirect threat, then I do get involved, end quote. Last week, U.S. District Judge Beth Bloom ruled that comments Wright made could be shown to the jury. This is despite him believing that he was posting them in a private channel. These included claims that the value of Bitcoin-related intellectual property he owns stands at around $252 billion. Judge Bloom did, however, say that she wouldn't admit into evidence messages by Wright in which he compared his late colleague to stapler-obsessed character Milton from the 1999 movie Office Space. The case is in its third week now and much of it hinges on whether Kleiman and Wright were business partners or just friends. Wright has previously claimed that Kleiman played little or no role in the creation of the world's first cryptocurrency. He has claimed on multiple occasions that he simply didn't have the technical know-how to make a meaningful contribution. However, under cross-examination on Wednesday, Kevin Madura, a cybersecurity expert and senior vice president at Alex Partners LLP, said that the only resume he'd seen belonging to Kleiman had been provided by Wright himself. He also said it's entirely possible that he could have taught himself to code. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can cover in just one podcast. So if you want more of the stories that matter, check out protos.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protos podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.